Welcome to today's edition of the Rush 24-7 Podcast. Yes, America's Anchorman is away today. We have a lot of uh, breaking news. The coronavirus rampaging on around the world. We've got another case in the United States. Over 250 deaths in China yesterday. Kim Jong-un has executed a carrier. That's one way to cure this thing. He's executed a carrier of the coronavirus in North Korea, and they refused to let a cruise ship dock in Guam. Uh, the, uh, the cruise ship eventually found a berth that would take it in uh, Cambodia, which is, uh, what is that? Two, I think that's about two and a half thousand miles, probably a little longer because they've got the big clump of the Philippines in the middle, and you have to sail up and over that. So it's probably closer to 3,000 miles. Uh, I gather the, uh, the Joe, entire, the, the Joe Biden presidential campaign has apparently, uh, come down with the coronavirus and has gone into quarantine. Um, uh, Bloomberg, Rush was talking about Bloomberg yesterday. He's gone full Biden. Uh, he was in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a reasonably well-known town. Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. And he told the crowd there that he had an office, uh, quote, here in Gainsborough. Uh, so he thought he was in. Actually, I'm being unfair when I say that Bloomberg's gone full Biden. Biden. Biden doesn't know what state he's in. Bloomberg is a little more together like than that he knows which state he's in he just doesn't know which town in the state he's in uh yesterday yesterday if you were listening to rush i i heard this as i was tootling along the uh the interstate and i i nearly drove off the interstate across the median got sliced into by a login truck i was so uh mad as i listened to this but if you were listening to rush yesterday You'll know he said this. Let's talk about what happened here with the the DOJ, the Attorney General Barr, these four prosecutors, the uh, Roger Stone case. Because this, folks, is an object lesson in in presidential follow-through. And the proof of the pudding here is watching the drive-by meeting. Oh, my God, this is horrible. This is so bad. Trump now has no guardrails. There's nobody stopping Trump from doing anything. He survived impeachment. He survived the Russia thing. Oh, my God, there's nothing to stop Trump. This is horrible. This is bad. And, of course, that's exactly 180 degrees wrong. (laughs) Uh, I I get so disappointed, actually, when Rush quotes the the drive-by media, and then I switch on MSNBC because I'm expecting them to talk in that voice, uh, which actually is less annoying than the real voices they have. Uh, but that I can't, I shouldn't really be saying this as uh, with my accent. But anyway, that was a, a terrific uh, bit of uh, Russia. Yes. So we may have more from that later in, in the show because he was on cracking form with that Roger Stone thing. What was the phrase he used? Uh, presidential follow-through presidential follow-through there is more presidential follow-through this morning he has just withdrawn i think this happened in the last hour or so he has just withdrawn the nomination for un- uh, th- this is a position at the united states treasury the position of under secretary for terrorism and financial crimes uh, i guess that's i would guess that's kind of uh Things like financial sex, uh, sanctions, possibly Iranian sanctions, uh, 
uh, that would uh, come under that category. I'd have thought Undersecretary for Terrorism and Financial Crimes, whatever it is, I don't know. Might be a nothing job like so many of these jobs are. Uh, it was for a person called Jesse Liu. He's withdrawn the nomination uh, because Ms. Liu was uh, very involved at the Department of Justice in the prosecutions of General Flynn and Roger Stone. And he is right to do this. It is absolutely disgraceful, the Stone case. Essentially, your Department of Justice... Your Department of Justice has taken the position that the best way to teach uh, Trump's associates a lesson is to kill one of them, uh, and they have decided to uh, ensure that Roger Stone dies in prison. We're going to talk about this a lot more. As I said, I was hopping mad as I listened to Rush yesterday, and you should be mad too. Every American should be mad at this dirty, filthy, rotten, stinking, corrupt uh, Department of Justice. On the other hand, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, uh, people, even on the right, don't see it that way. Uh, National Review uh, has come out with a piece saying why Roger Stone deserves to go to prison for a really long, long time. And General Kelly, uh, Trump's former chief of staff, has uh, opened up on Trump, uh, re Colonel Vindman. Colonel Vindman. Do you know one reason? Rush touched on this yesterday because of that absurd thing that Joe Biden said, where he said uh, uh, Trump shouldn't be pinning medals on Rush Limbaugh. He should be pinning medals on Colonel Vindman. And then he said uh, to the crowd, all seven of them, he said, come on, stand up, stand up for Colonel Vindman. And the seven people at this uh, Joe Biden rally at whatever sports stadium the seven people were gathered at, all stood up. The seven, the seven, the last seven Joe Biden supporters who haven't come down with the coronavirus all stood up. They had no idea who this Colonel Vindman is. Nobody watched impeachment. Nobody cares about Colonel Vindman. Uh, Colonel Vindman had a policy position with the president, who's the, the head of the executive branch. Uh, just this is just a word of advice. I I I know nothing. Uh, about the U.S. Constitution, except what you pick up when you're uh, applying to go through U.S. immigration. Uh, but if you watch MSNBC, you might have got the impression that Colonel Vindman is actually head of the executive branch of the United States government. In fact, it's this other guy called Donald Trump. And when you have a policy difference, uh, it's the other guy's position, uh, this Trump guy, that is supposed to prevail over the Vindman guy. Anyway, uh, General Kelly has come out on the side of Colonel Vindman. And the president has just tweeted, uh, I believe this was in the last hour too, when I terminated John Kelly, which I couldn't do fast enough, he knew full well that he was way over his head. Being chief of staff just wasn't for him. He came in with a bang, went out with a whimper. But like so many exes, he misses the action and just can't keep his mouth shut which he actually has a military and legal obligation to do. His incredible wife, Karen who I have a lot of respect for, once pulled me aside and said strongly that, quote, John respects you greatly. When we are no longer here, he will only speak well of you, unquote. Wrong exclamation. That's what uh, Donald Trump has just tweeted uh, about General Kelly. Uh, nobody cares about, nobody cares about uh, Colonel Vindman. 
that that went that that went nowhere, and the president is the head of the executive branch, and that having that national uh, security crowd in actually in the White House working against him. Uh, he should shave that back to seven, almost every seven people, almost every bureaucracy in the federal government is far too big and far too unwieldy. And what that means is that, as with this nomination for undersecretary for fi- terrorism and financial crimes, uh, the president winds up nominating people who are actually his opponents and his enemies. The other breaking news from this morning is that we've just We've just uh, we 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 just learned that the for you can't say foreman anywhere uh, anymore and and she's actually a woman, uh, uh, so you should say four woman or four person. But anyway, whatever the jury foreman woman uh, on the Roger Stone uh, case is an active anti-Trump Democrat, a former Democrat candidate who was tweeting against Trump. Uh, and uh, about this case and actually supporting now the prosecutors. This is incredible. We have like a jury foreman supporting the sentencing guideline of the prosecutors out there in public. Uh, so in almost any functioning system, this this would mean the judge would call the jury in, get them uh, the the judge, I take it, didn't know that it was an anti-Trump activist who was the foreman of the jury. Uh, one should never make these assumptions because the federal judiciary has its problems too. But if the judge were the judge in a functioning system, the jury would now be called in by the judge in chambers and be sitting around being questioned about all this kind of stuff uh, with them. And the likelihood is that that uh, that that conviction would be overturned. We're going to uh, Rush was on fire, as they say, about this yesterday. And people should be hopping mad about about what he's done. And I hope you are hopping mad because it's a serious thing. The move of this this person whose with nomination has just been withdrawn um, She's she she was supposed to be moved from the Department of Justice to the United States Treasury. If you control the Department of Justice and the Department of the Treasury, you're basically in a pretty good position uh, to run a classically corrupt banana republic, uh, because you can, uh, particularly when you have uh, a, a, as complicated a tax system as the IRS runs. Uh, Roger Stone is supposedly going to jail for various uh, tax avoidance uh, maneuvers he did years and years and years ago. Uh, and the fact is that that's, that's a phony crime. There's no correct answer to that. Uh, that's what they could get him on, and they get you on it because that's what they can get you on. It's the old, it, That goes back to getting Al Capone on his taxes. When they can't get you on something you've actually done, they get you on your taxes. And people think that's all very cute and clever. It isn't. It's a sign of a corrupt system, and people should be ashamed of that, actually. Uh, 1-800-282-2882. Mark Stein in for Rush Limbaugh. I just, just, just to, to go back to um, what I was saying about Rush uh, who was on fire, en fuego, I think I saw someone say, uh, about this uh, yesterday. Um, Rush, the most moving part of the show, I just want to say this b- before we put it to one side, was when he was talking about the guy who said, can I hang on and speak to Mr. Snurdly? 
and Rush had wondered what it was that the guy wanted to say to Mr. Snurdly, and Mr. Snurdly then came back and said, the listener had offered to donate a lung to Rush, and uh, Mr. Snurdly said, and you, uh, and I get two of those calls every day. That's a lot of lungs piling up in the course of a week, and I, I was slightly dubious about it, and then a couple of hours after the show... Uh, somebody actually contacted me and said they'd like to offer uh, Rush a, a, a lung as well. Um, and so uh, Rush was very moved by that. You could actually hear it in his voice and you could see it on the Ditto cam that he was sort of uh, slightly – he's not a sentimental guy or anything, but he was slightly uh, choking up over the generosity of that. Um, and uh, it, it is it, it is a, a spectacular a thing that people are offering that. As he says, the what he's aiming to do is fix the lungs he's already got inside him uh, at the moment, and that's that's what he's focused on. Um, but if you do um, are minded uh, to offer your concerns about Rush, uh, as we said uh, a few days ago, if you just say mega dittos or mega prayers or mega love, that last one, like uh, Congressman Louis Goma when he was on this show a while back and he did his Lou Rawls impression when he sang, you'll never find another love like mine. If you can put a bit of a, a, a seven-syllable love on it, uh, go full Mariah Carey if you can't do uh, Lou Rawls and uh, and just we'll, we'll do it that way. Because as Rush said, we want to keep the show as normal as possible on days like these. Uh, when he's uh, out. Uh, so we're going to try and keep it as normal as possible. But if we do get a big, uh, we're going to have to have an open lung Friday or something if people are just going to keep offering uh, lungs to Rush. It's an incredible thing. And as you can see, Rush was seriously moved by it yesterday. one eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. Lots of news today on the Democrat nomination and on this Roger Stone front. We're going to break it all down for you on America's number one radio show. Mark Stein in for Rush. Rush was talking about the Roger Stone case yesterday. I said a group, uh, and and I've said before on this show, I regard the uh, the the Department of Justice as a huge, swollen, sinister, and very corrupt bureaucracy. It controls too many sub-departments and sub-agencies and sub-bureaus and all the rest of it, uh, which are also correct, uh, corrupt, as we see with the FBI and, and the Bureau of Prisons and others. And I'd be in favor of actually breaking it up so they couldn't totally screw you over when they do decide to screw you over, uh, as they do with Roger Stone. But, you know, people say, um, oh, you know, Stone was convicted of uh, witness tampering, witness tampering. The witness he supposedly tampered with uh, didn't take it seriously. Apparently, um, Roger Stone uh, threatened the guy's cat. He didn't threaten the guy uh, himself. He apparently threatened to whack the guy's cat. The cat is unwhacked, by the way. I've no idea whether the cat was the one who filed a criminal complaint or whatever, but the cat is still out there, still walking around, still coughing up uh, fur balls, still purring, still sitting in trees. The cat is fine. Uh, I said on this show some while ago that my essence of this is that there are two – we now live not in a land of laws but in a land of men. And so there are two categories of people. And so, for example, if you're 
uh, on the Clinton side of things, on the Hillary side of things, and you actually smash up uh, telephones, cellular telephones, uh, which uh, I would think a reasonable person might conclude that was destroying evidence, given that they're already the subject of a federal investigation. No one does anything. No, those people skate. Those people skate. Whereas if you're on the other side of it and you do anything, you're going to jail. And you're going to jail in nothing flat. And if you try to resist it, you'll be broke within three months, as Flynn and Roger Stone and all the rest of them were. It's a corrupt uh, and fundamentally uh, evil system. And people place too much faith in it. You know, everyone was all excited about that Inspector General's report. Oh, Comey's really in trouble this time. Clapper and Brennan are in trouble this time. Uh, No, they're not. They're laughing about this. They're on CNN. They're giving, like, huge speaking fees going all over the place. They're still respected people going out there on television, doing book deals, and nothing's happening to them. And so now we say, oh, yeah, well, this, uh, okay, the Inspector General's report, that was much more narrowly focused. This Durham report, that's really going to get these guys. Then these guys are really in trouble. No, they're not. No, they're not, because it's a, it's more basic than that. How naive do you have to be? What's sick about this system is that there's one group of people who are in the club, and it's Hillary and all her... Oh, actually, the Jussie Smollett thing is even another example of that at the state level, because um, uh, this, this, this guy stages a fake hate crime. He, he allegedly claims he's beaten up by Trump supporters at two in the morning in the middle of a polar vortex in Chicago when he was suddenly overcome by an urge uh, to go out, walk out in the middle of the polar vortex and get a meatball sub uh, from uh, Subway, which he could have fought back with anyway in a polar vortex. If the thing had frozen solid, he could have uh, fought back against these attackers. But there weren't any attackers. It was a fake hate crime. Uh, and Kim Fox, the the the, uh, the state's attorney, decides not to prosecute for that. Uh, she's a pal of the Obamas, and Jesse Smollett is a member of the club. It's become it, we've degenerated uh, from a land of laws into a land of men. If you're in the club, nothing happens. If you're not in the club, like Roger Stone, a gadfly, uh, then you're uh, going to die in jail. And they and they send a basically a a, a military assault team uh, to take you and your septuagenarian wife down in a dawn raid watched by CNN. Uh, Trump is right to be mad about this, and if and if you're not mad about this, as certain people on the American right aren't, as I said, National Review's arguing that Roger Stone actually does need to die in prison, uh, even though he's no threat to anyone. Um, then then you're part of the problem, too. This isn't a Trump thing, even. This is actually a fun, a, a fundamental uh, basic concept of what it means to live in a free society. And this Department of Justice, at the very highest levels, is fundamentally corrupt. Yeah, I, I just had a uh, another offer of a lung for Rush. I, I, I should say my... Uh, my open lung Friday reference was just a, a, a cheap throwaway gag. I, I didn't really intend to uh, start an avalanche of these things. And as Rush said yesterday, his plan is to fix the lungs he's he's got. But it, he was enormously touched. He was enormously touched by that. You don't often actually 
hear the crack in Rush's voice when when he's trying to hold it together, and you and you did on that. It was uh, uh, a rather moving uh, moment. I want to say one thing I got uh, wrong ten minutes ago. I said. Um, I believe I said that Roger Stone had been convicted of the tax evasion. In fact, that was Paul Manafort. Uh, I, I uh, got a little confused as to which lives had been wrecked for what by this dirty, stinking, evil, corrupt federal justice system. Um, but I'll, I'll try to keep track of it. He, uh, uh, Roger Stone was the one who got into trouble for this so-called witness tampering over threatening, allegedly threatening somebody's cat. The cat owner uh, doesn't feel it was a threat, but they took that pretext to convince him of uh, to, to convict the guy of witness tampering. And people laugh. It's not actually funny when you're when you go to jail for nine years for threatening to whack somebody's cat, allegedly. And even if we were to take that seriously, do you know who skates for cat whacking? Associates of Bill Clinton. Um, do you remember Kathleen Willie? Kathleen Willie was uh, this lady who went to see Bill Clinton because her husband had committed suicide and and Clinton was consoling her. And as is his want, his uh, condolences got a little bit carried away and he started groping her breasts. He sexually assaulted Kathleen Willey when she'd gone to see him to be comforted over the loss of her husband. Kathleen Willey alleged that the Clintons had had her cat whacked. I think the cat's name was something like Blarney. Uh, some kind of Irish name, Blarney. And uh, she actually had evidence of it in the sense that somebody left a cat skull on her porch outside her front door. And nobody did anything. Everybody, all the left-wing, all the left-wing media at the time, all your nation and Mother Jones and all whatever it was back then, they were all laughing at this. <laughs> can you see what? Can you see what uh, these Clinton haters are reduced to now? They're claiming that Clinton has your cat whacked. You know, Roger Stone is looking at nine years in jail. Uh, because the federal government got him on threatening to have your cat whacked. It's an evil system. Rush was talking about this uh, on the show yesterday. If you want a brilliant explanation of the whole uh, Roger Stone situation, here is Rush on yesterday's show. Let's talk about what happened here with the, the DOJ, the Attorney General Barr, these four prosecutors, the uh, Roger Stone case. Because this, folks, is an object lesson in, um, in presidential follow-through. And I, I, the proof of the pudding here is I'm watching the drive-by meeting. Oh, my God, this is horrible. This is so bad. Trump now has no guardrails. There's nobody stopping Trump from doing anything. He survived impeachment. He survived the Russia thing. Oh, my God, there's nothing to stop Trump. This is horrible. This is bad. And, of course, that's exactly 180 degrees wrong. Now, the big news here is Roger Stone. Now, you remember Roger Stone was minding his own business one day at home. And then jackbooted thugs, along with CNN cameras, strategically located outside his front door, surrounding his house. At 6 a.m., they stormed in and pulled the guy out of bed and run him down to jail and charge him with something or other. 
Why was CNN there? Who tipped CNN? Well, we know why CNN was there. This whole thing was a setup. And so Roger Stone is charged with some crime having to do with the Russia hoax. Some involvement he had with WikiLeaks in the Hillary emails, it was specious because this whole thing has been made up. This entire hoax, this entire coup started out with the Steele dossier. Four FISA warrants were granted on a fake document to spy on the Trump campaign via Carter Page. There was never anything to it. Not a single crime was committed by the Trump campaign at any stage. There was never any evidence of a crime having been committed. So anything that was charged along the way here was purely political. What happened to Manafort, those things that they charged and convicted Manafort on had nothing to do with when he was in charge of the Trump campaign or working there. Sentenced to solitary confinement, sentenced to die in jail, and that's what they did to Roger Stone. They gave him a seven to nine year sentence, hoping he would die in jail. Roger Stone didn't do anything. There's not a person in the world that can tell you what Roger Stone did of a criminal nature that threatened the people of this country, that violated the laws of the country, that somehow helped the Trump campaign win an illegal election. Nothing. Roger Stone didn't do diddly squat. I could go on about this, but I, I don't want to further characterize Roger Stone. Roger Stone is a, he was an ancillary player who wanted to make himself look like he was in the middle of everything, and he wasn't. But because he put himself out there as a major player and a major advisor, he became a target. When I saw the special counsel was going to indict Roger Stone, that's the first. And by the, I do not mean this is an insult to Roger Stone in any way, shape, manner, form. Please don't misunderstand me. None of this is intended to be critical of Roger Stone at all. But the fact that they got an indictment and wanted to charge Stone with anything was all the evidence any of us needed. They didn't have a thing on anybody. And they never were going to have a thing on anybody because all of this was factually made up. There was never a story. There was never a hoax. There was never Russia collusion. There was never any evidence of any kind supporting this. This was a pure hatched effort to stop Donald Trump from being inaugurated. And then after he was inaugurated, it was to get him thrown out of office. The Mueller investigation was a very elaborate obstruction of justice trap. A very elaborate process crime trap. Like I told you, they appoint Mueller as special counsel. He gets to the special counsel office. He's got his 16 lawyers there. He says, okay, let me see the file. What's the evidence of the Russia case? There isn't any. You go back two years on this program where I said if Robert Mueller was indeed the man of honor and integrity that they told us he is, he would have refused the gig. He would have not taken that job once he saw that there wasn't a shred of evidence when it comes to anything Trump and Russia. There wasn't any evidence. There wasn't a shred of evidence. There never has been. They haven't produced any. So what happened in those two years? Why did he take that job? Well, we all know why he took the job. He was the figurehead that allowed all of his Democrat lawyers, Hillary-supporting, Trump-hating lawyers, to try to build a case that could be used ultimately in impeachment to get rid of Trump and throw him out of office. And it was in the midst of all that that they ended up charging people that had nothing to do with anything. Roger Stone, seven to nine years. 
So these prosecutors, and this is the truncated version of this, the prosecutors recommend seven to nine years. And anybody who has followed this knows how absolutely atrocious that is. They know how bogus it is. And the fact that the attorney general moved in here to stop it ought to be one of the best indications you could get so far that he and Durham are still working this case. And they still have major announcements yet to come over all of these people that engage themselves in this coup. To shut this down this way, I don't care whether Trump was involved in it or not. He has total freedom to be involved in this. If he can pardon Stone, then what the hell's everybody worried about whether or not he gets involved in the sentence being reduced? And he can pardon Stone. Seven to nine years, Stone's age, that's, he's being sentenced to die in prison. He didn't do anything, folks. Because nothing that was alleged during this entire Russia collusion hoax happened. So all these charges of people like Manafort and Roger Stone, it's just it's the only thing they could do to make it look like there were things that went on. Roger Stone got caught up with his own bragging about what he knew about WikiLeaks and who he was talking to about it, just his desire to be a player. And uh, they said, okay, you want to be a player? Well, here's what we're going to happen to you, player. And he gets charged and convicted, and then here comes the sentencing recommendation, and Barr says, this is just ridiculous. This whole thing is ridiculous. Every aspect of this case has been ridiculous. It is nothing more than an elaborate coup, and they're moving in, and they've totally withdrawn those sentencing guidelines seven to nine years. So the four prosecutors resign. Now, who are these four prosecutors? One of the prosecutors was Robert Mueller's lead investigator. These four prosecutors are holdovers from the Mueller investigation who are still trying to make all of their time pay off somehow, some way. And this is Trump and this is Barr blocking them. This is justice taking place, but it's still a matter of some question because the judge, Amy Jackson Berman, can do whatever she wants when Stone is sentenced on February 20th. Now, this judge, and Trump has tweeted about it, this this judge is the judge who demanded that, that Manafort be put in solitary confinement. Seven to nine years. Can, can anybody out there tell me what Stone did? You know what the average rapist sentence is? Four and a half years. Beat somebody up grand larceny, one and a half to two years. Manslaughter second degree starts at 15 years, plea bargain down to under 10. Here's Roger Stone, seven to nine Years and he hasn't done diddly squat, certainly by comparison. So Trump's out there attacking the judge as well, in addition to praising Barr for uh, moving in on the case this way. And it is a gutsy thing for Barr to do. This goes flat out smack dab right in the face of the Washington establishment and the people who were in charge and responsible for this coup. And a coup is what it is. Uh, that was Rush yesterday. Since then, because of what uh, they claim is Trump's pressure on the attorney general and the attorney general's supposed buckling under to that pressure, um, Elizabeth Warren, uh, did you know she's running for president? Because uh, apparently nobody in New Hampshire did. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is still in this race uh, has now called for the impeachment of Bill Barr. Eric Swalwell, another uh, ex-presidential candidate, has now called for the re-impeachment of Trump. They can't wait till November. It's the impeachment of the month club. We need another impeachment right now. 
that's how crazy they've gotten over this thing. And, uh, and they're crazy, in fact, about uh, Bill Barr having the rare courage at that corrupt department to correct a miscarriage of justice. Uh, Rush is right about that. It's disgusting. We're going to break it down. By the way, CNN is uh, just attacking. <laughs> They're saying that Biden has pushed back on Rush's comments about Pete Buddy, Buddha Judge, Pete Buddha Judge. Um, and I want to say a word. We're going to get to this whole thing because <laughs> I got in trouble. <laughs> you can't talk about Pete Buddha Judge without getting in trouble, apparently. Uh, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk, have a word to say about that and Rush's comments also later on today's shows. 1 800 282 2882. This is America's number one radio show, now in its fourth decade at the top. Back in a moment. Mark Stein in for Rush on America's number one radio show. I mentioned yesterday, uh, as you heard, that someone had offered to, a caller offered to donate a lung to Rush. Uh, Shake Your Booty has just tweeted, is anyone offering to donate a few inches to Mike Bloomberg today? Uh, because Mike Bloomberg, as you know, he's uh, he's Napoleon, both in the scale of his global ambitions and in his uh, diminutive stature. I, I'd be happy to uh, donate my legs below the knee to uh, to uh, Mike Bloomberg just so he would rise above uh, above the podium. Uh, as you know, the president has rather cruelly tweeted about whether he'll be given a crate to stand on in the uh, pr- upcoming Democrat debate. I think I think actually that's Bloom, uh, Bloomberg's slogan, isn't it? Make America crate again? I don't know. Anyway, uh, we were talking about uh, the Roger Stone case and uh, Kathy Barrett Baker just uh, just tweeted at me. She she was actually Kathleen Willey's neighbor. Uh, and she reminded me because we I was joking about uh, Roger Stone is getting nine years for supposedly witness tampering. The witness tampering is threatening to have uh, this guy's cat whacked. The cat is unwhacked. The cat is out there. The cat is living the cat life. The cat is out in the alley every night. The cat is uh, hitting on all the chick cats. The cat is having a great time. The cat has got the cream. Uh, the cat is having a fabulous life. The cat is unwhacked. Unlike Kathleen Willey's cat, Kathy Barrett-Baker, I gave a kind of pricey about that. Ka- Kathleen Willey, men in black showed up at her house and warned her to stay away from the Clintons. And next time round, the next thing she knew, her dog and cat had her dogs and cat had disappeared. The dogs returned a few uh, days later. The cat returned in the form of a skull left on her porch on her front doorstep. Uh, Roger, so so even in cat whacking, there is no equality before the law. Roger Stone, this judge who's in charge of Roger Stone, put Paul Manafort in solitary confinement. There is no precedent whatsoever for treating white collar criminals, even if you believe what they've committed, the, the 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 alleged crimes they've committed, which are not real crimes; they're fake crimes. 
what is being done by the Department of Justice and the subordinate bodies it controls, such as the FBI and the Bureau of Prisons, is utterly disgraceful. And if Trump didn't push back against it, he should be impeached for that. Because when he pushes back against this kind of corruption, he's actually doing all of us a favor. Because uh, if you're in the club, you don't have anything to fear if you're like Hillary or whatever. It's just people who are wandering around thinking, oh, I might become a volunteer on a presidential campaign. Uh, and next thing you know, you're in solitary confinement over a fake crime. If if Trump wasn't pushing back a, a, against this, they'd have an, uh, uh, that would be the reason to impeach him. Mark Stein for Rush. Lots more still to come. Mark Stein in for Rush on America's number one radio show. I got to say, my my favorite story today is this uh, one hundred year one year old guy in the United Kingdom. He's Italian, uh, and because of uh, Brexit, because the United Kingdom has now left the European Union. Uh, Europeans who are resident in the UK now have to go and register and sort of apply for formal immigration status. This guy is 101 years old and has lived in uh, London since 1966. He went along to apply and he was told he needed uh, he needed his parents to be. He's 101 years old and the immigration authorities told him he needed to bring his parents. You know, that is one serious immigration enforcement regime they've got there. Yeah, as I said, uh, Elizabeth Warren has just called for Bill Barr to be impeached. And Eric Swalwell, another failed presidential candidate, has uh, won up to her and said that Trump needs to be re-impeached. Because then he'd be the, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi has said impeachment is forever. How long do two impeachments last? That would be twice as forever. Uh, these guys never learn. These guys never learn. I, I think it was the last time I was here. I said, uh, basically, the Democrats have become Yosemite Sam. They just keep shoving new sticks of dynamite down their pants. But I don't think I ever saw Yosemite Sam shove the same stick of dynamite down his pants and it blow him up a second time. I don't think even Looney Tunes did that. They're going to, they want to impeach. They brought back the impeach word because it didn't damage them enough. Last time they were impeaching, they sent tr- Trump's numbers up to the best they'd been since he became president. But they're, they're confident that if they re-impeach him, they could maybe get his approval ratings up. Who knows where it will, who knows, who knows? Uh, where this is this is going to stop they don't they don't get it this is on this is on them because it it's for a start to people who just think that politics the purpose of government is if you're a conventional democrat or even large numbers of independents the the people who don't care as rush called them yesterday you think politics, you've, you've got this slightly backward, old-fashioned view of politics where you think that the purpose of supporting a big government party is that it, do, it gives you free stuff and it does things for you, which is the, the Bernie Sanders model. So you don't understand why this big government party that's supposed to be giving you free stuff uh, and, and taking care of you keeps talking about people like uh, 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 Colonel Vin... Uh, I beg your pardon. Somebody said I shouldn't keep calling him Colonel Vinman. 
uh, because he's apparently Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. I didn't want to say Lieutenant Colonel Vindman uh, because uh, I might have said Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, and then you'd never know what would happen. I accidentally referred to the odd. I'd been away <laughs> in Europe, and I, ref- I was on Fox News. First time I was back, I was on Fox News, and I accidentally referred to the Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. They, they didn't call me back for two years after that. It was terrible. So I don't want to say Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. I don't want to talk about him at all because no one cares about him. And the more these guys talk about this, the more... Look, here's the, here's the thing uh, about Roger Stone and all this stuff is that it gets out, it seeps out, and it's indefensible. So you can say, oh, Hunter Biden did nothing wrong, uh, which is the Joe Biden line. But every time you're talking about Hunter... Every time you're dodging a question about Hunter, people don't think, oh, nice, sleepy Uncle Joe. People think corrupt, sleazy guy who's never done a a, a proper job in his life uh, and yet has somehow managed to come out of it a multimillionaire and his talentless brother is a multimillionaire too and his crackhead son who leaves a crack pipe in the rental car has managed to come out a multimillionaire too. And it's going to be the same with Roger Stone. And I want, to, I want to say something here because I, I'm slightly at odds when I hear people think, say that this corruption in the federal justice bureaucracy is just a few people at the top of the DOJ and a few people at the top of the FBI uh, and the, uh, the prison guards who conveniently fell asleep when they were supposed to be looking after Jeffrey Epstein and all the, and all the rest of it. You think back to that raid uh, on the stone house this is two septuagenarians including a handicapped wife she's a a she's not in the best of health and they send more people jackbooted thugs rush just called them in that bit we just heard jackbooted thugs they send more people to take down roger stone and his wife than they sent to benghazi That's the priorities of the government of the United States. They had CNN there, and then they sent all these guys in in the full RoboCop uh, to take down two, uh, a couple in their 70s, one of whom is disabled. And so when I listen to conservative hosts who keep talking about all the fine men at the FBI, I tell you something. I don't pretend to be heroic or courageous or whatever, but if they'd said to me, um, oh, uh, you've got to get into the full RoboCop this morning. Oh, yeah, really? Why? Where, where, what, what, what am I doing? Is that to take down a, some, uh, some drug cartel from, uh, uh, from Latin America that's come across the Rio Grande and they're holed up somewhere with hostages? No, no, no. It's uh, this, this, uh, this couple. Oh, a dangerous couple. Are they Bonnie and Clyde? Something like that. No, no. They're in their, uh, in their 70s and one of them's handicapped, so she probably won't cause you much uh, trouble, but you might, might want to you know, just fire a few warning shots at her. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. I tell you, I would not. I just, I, I wouldn't have done that. I said, I, you know, okay, uh, we are only obeying orders. Well, that's one of those orders I'd like to draw. I think I should draw the line at. And yet, and yet, those jackbooted thugs, as Rush called them, all agreed. And these are just rank and sir, rank and file serving members of the FBI. And I've met FBI agents. Had to go and uh, have a little bit of a chit chat with the FBI myself, as I mentioned on this show. They actually went along with that raid. There comes a time when when people have to stop doing this 
there should no under there's own there's there's a there's a type of name for a country that sends a military force in to take down two uh, people in their seventies, one of whom is handicapped, and it isn't a free and open self-governing republic. That's something. All these guys like running on taking your guns away, uh, like uh, like Bloomberg. Uh, and they say, oh, we've got no objection to hunting licenses and things. The whole point about this country is that the founders did not want the, – the, the reason the founders were in favor of the Second Amendment is because they did not want the guys in the full robocop surrounding your house to take down two septuagenarians who just happen to be political opponents of the swamp. It's absolutely, absolutely uh, disgusting and disgraceful. It wasn't the only thing uh, Rush talked about on yesterday's show because uh, apparently <laughs> the, uh, the circular firing squad that is the Democrat Party presidential primary is still firing away. And here is what Rush had to say yesterday uh, about the alleged front runner Joe Biden. Why Joe Biden's campaign is collapsing. Grab audio soundbite number one. I want to play for you something I said back on May 1st, 2019. When Joe Biden first got in this race, some of you will remember this. I'm going to whisper this to you because I don't want you just keep this between you and me, okay? Turn your radios up a little bit so you can hear this, because I don't want this to get out. Don't anybody tweet this. Don't anybody put it on Facebook. But old Joe is not going to be able to handle the rigors. It ain't going to be long, folks. Going to have to, going to have to pull out. Now, what did I know that these wizards of smart in mainstream media news didn't know? Where in his track record has Joe Biden ever won anything in any presidential contest he's entered? I'm not trying to be mean. I don't want anybody to misunderstand this. This is just fact-based analysis, intelligence guided by experience or vice versa. There is no way Joe Biden was ever going to be the nominee of the Democrat Party. It wasn't going to happen because it hasn't happened when he's tried before. He hasn't done anything to erase the negatives that happened in the past. The fact that he was Obama's vice president, and Obama won't even endorse him. And Obama's out telling other Democrat candidates that Biden doesn't even have a connection with voters. In other words, Biden, Obama was telling, you know, Obama's office in Washington, he's been receiving Democrat candidates. They're coming in, they're asking him for advice and so forth, and he's been handing it out. But that's another questionable thing. I mean, the people Obama endorses lose as well. But some of these Democrat candidates are reporting that when they went in to seek advice and counsel from Obama, that Obama would say things, you know, when, when in 2008, when I went into Iowa, I had a deep connection with Iowa voters, but I've lost that connection. They don't last forever in politics. But he said, let me tell you somebody who never had it, and that's Joe Biden. Yeah, and he's not wrong on that. This was pathetic, uh, what he was doing, staggering around New Hampshire, and then he decides to get out of there rather than stand there and, and actually stand on stage after he's come in fifth with 8% of the vote. 
a guy who's been in Washington for 50 years and always runs on his experience. Uh, And one of the things he's experienced in is running for president all the time. He actually runs for president once every generation. I I can't even figure it out. It's like Calvin Coolidge deciding to come back uh, after the Second World War and rerun for president and then coming back in the summer of love in uh, Haight-Ashbury, 1968, and running for president with all the hippies all over again. This, this guy runs for president once every generation, and he does not, and he, does, he, gets wor- he gets worse at it. And the reason he gets worse, because even, as I said, a political party exists to deliver what its base wants. And the base of the Democrat Party isn't actually interested in Colonel. God love you, man. Stand for Vindman. Stand for Vindman. They don't care about that. They want open borders, and they and they want an end to college debt, uh, and they want all the other crazy stuff. And Bernie's talking about that, and Biden is just staggering around, getting in your face. He only does this thing. Uh, which is the other thing. He's not even tonally sound anymore. He was told, oh, you're a bit woozy and out of focus these days. And you've got to be more forceful. He thinks the way to be forceful is to actually threaten voters. So some 21-year-old young lady, or or as we used to say in the old days, girl, but you can't say girl anymore because that's sexist, but she is a young, a short, demure, diminutive young lady, and he's physically threatening her. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Mark Stein in for Rush, 1-800-282-2882. Rush is out for a couple of days. He's going to be back here on Monday, and uh, he will be on fire again then because he he like he was here two days this week and he packed like five days worth of energy into those two days. We're going to take your calls straight ahead. Uh, Mark Stein in for Rush. Uh, Joe Biden's firewall, his firewall of African-Americans, uh, I don't even get that. So he's basically moving all the African-Americans in South Carolina in as his firewall. Would you want to be his firewall? It's beginning to crumble anyway. Uh, one of uh, a, a legislator in South Carolina has just become the first African-American to endorse Mayor Pete. Uh, so uh, the firewall uh, may already be crumbling for Joe Biden. Let us go to Mark in Brooklyn, which I believe is in the great city of New York. Hey, Mark, it's great to have you with us on America's number one radio show. What's on your mind today? Well, thank you, Mark, for taking my call. Uh, One is Godspeed uh, to Rush uh, that he beats this. We're we're all praying for him and thoughts and prayers. Amen to that, Mark. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark? I just said amen to that, that Mark. That's, yes, uh, that's, yes, uh, we're all yes. with you on that one. Yes, uh, I'm a red dot here in a blue tidal wave city, which is... Uh, <laughs> but uh, my point, I have two points. So one is uh, Nancy Pelosi is the head of this smear and generalization of throwing out all of these uh, accusations against the president. Uh, now it's, it's just starting with uh, Attorney General Barr. And yet when there are no follow-up for facts behind the generalization statement, and if there is, it's uh, move on to the next question immediately. Right. And I believe that the start of the smear campaign against uh, A.G. Barr is the fact that they are afraid. They know 
that he uh, is, is it is adheres to the law more than they ever could. They 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 really are scared of him. And when when they make these accusations, especially I can't stand when Pelosi says that he lied uh, to Congress. Well, uh, Miss Speaker, Madam Speaker, uh, I'll give you three perfect examples: Comey, Clapper, and mm. Brennan. If you want to talk about people that couldn't tell the truth, if it came and smacked them up in the face, no, nope, it's you're, getting it's getting it's getting, uh, uh, and nobody calls them out on it. The press just goes merrily along with them. And they fill in the blanks to their general accusations. It, it really is, uh, I can't even call it the press. Well, the thing is, the thing is, you're quite right about that. And it goes back to what I said that there's no equality before the law now because Comey and, uh, Brennan and all the rest of them can lie as much as they want and know they're not going to pay any price for it. The thing about Bill Barr, you said, Mark, which is quite correct, is they're going after him because they know he's a he's a threat to them. Uh, that he's a, the word Rush used yesterday was coup. This was a sustained attempt at a coup, uh, in effect designed to remove the duly elected president before he could carry out his agenda. But, but the thing about Bill Barr, who comes across as this kind of sort of Cuddly, not cuddly, but a kind of grisly, cuddly, cuddly, grisly bear when he's actually testifying. He's agreed to testify in two weeks' time. He knows the law. He's cool as a cucumber. And when you look at the bleating eunuchs who will be questioning him, nothing they say is going to land on them. And uh, and if they want to go down this route again, it's not going to go any better for them than it did last time. You are quite right, Mark, that there's uh, the, the media uh, are basically peddling a false narrative on, on this. This, oh, Trump lied, uh, Bill Barr lied, uh, Roger Stone lied. Uh, but the different and, and one can make the argument it's a 50-50 nation. And uh, there's uh, basically two sets of media with competing narratives. The difference is that in the end, one of those narratives keeps winning. In the end, there was no Russia collusion. None. They couldn't find any. Couldn't find any Russia collusion. Uh, then they impeach him over Ukraine. Uh, so, OK, he's done something bad. Well, what did he do? Over? I don't know what he did, but he did something bad. OK, so they have a trial for that and he's acquitted. You can no matter how um, partisan you are. At a certain point, you have to be, uh, you, you don't require being more sentient than an earthworm to see that one side keeps winning uh, on this, Mark. Uh, I agree there should be pushback, but the, the fact is these guys just keep shoving the dynamite down their pants. Uh, why is everyone, they say they want to stop Bernie. They're not going to stop Bernie by talking about Lieutenant, 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 Lieutenant Colonel Vindman uh, between now and November. It's going to get them nowhere, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's not going it, it, to it, get them anywhere. If, if we could even look at it, look what they, look, you just brought up Bernie, Mark, which is a great uh, point. They're, they're, uh, he doesn't agree with with their policies. He doesn't fall in line to them. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to take him out. Yeah. And it's the same thing they're trying to do to this uh, elected president. The the Democrats and liberals have done this over the years. If they can't beat you at the ballot box, 
They take you to no, court. But that's actually a brilliant point. How stupid are these obsessives? They're actually, uh, you don't need any Russians here. You don't need to call anybody in Russia or Ukraine. You don't need the Macedonian content farmers. These idiots are reduced uh, to destroying their own internal elections now. Who screwed up the, uh, the caucus in Iowa? Uh, the Democrats did that. They're reduced to interfere. They won't, they, they, they call on their media buddies not to release the poll. And then the very next day, even though they quash the poll, the very next day, they've got to actually quash the election. Nobody still knows who won Iowa. That's the Democrats on you. That's this obsession. Even their own voters aren't interested in this rubbish. They're going... Impeach him all you want. Impeach him every other day between now and November the 3rd and see where it gets you, losers. Thrush is out for a couple of days. Uh, Do not worry. Uh, We're going to do Open Line Friday tomorrow. And the man himself, the indispensable man... Uh, to American conservatism for a third of a century. The man himself is uh, going to be back on Monday. Um, I d- just want to clean up a, a couple of other points, re Roger Stone, before I move on. A lot of people have said, uh, why don't you, why doesn't Trump just pardon him? He shouldn't have to pardon him. He should not have to pardon him this thing about lying all what goes on here is the extraordinary resources of the federal government when they want to uh, prosecute you for something and it doesn't really even have well traditionally it hasn't been particularly political for example my friend and Russia's friend conrad black a great media mogul he owned the chicago sun times and things uh, he went to federal prison for a crime nobody could explain. And he said, I, when he was first charged, I said to him, uh, jump in the back of my pickup. I'm going to throw a, a tarpaulin over you, drive you across the border to Canada. He said, no, no, this is a great republic. I'm Canadian, but I've loved this republic all my life, and I will get justice here. You don't get justice in the federal justice system. Uh, they they win uh, 97% of their cases without going to court. If they have to take you to court, it goes up to 99%. They buy up all the other witnesses. They threaten all the other witnesses, uh, in effect, that if you don't uh, come over to the other side, you know how it works. If uh, if they're going after a CEO, they uh, they lean on the CFO. They lean on the number two, number three guy. That's how it works. So they have all the witnesses, and they then they have these other advantages. Like uh, lying to the FBI. I mentioned earlier I'd uh, had to see an FBI agent. She was a rather lovely, lovely lady, Special Agent Jenny. They don't sound so scary when they introduce themselves as Special Agent Jenny. uh, It sounds rather sweet and harmless. My lawyers were terrified that I'd misremember something. (laughs) You know, you get the date wrong. Uh, yeah, I remember. I think it was in like, uh, the guy came to see me in 2009. And in fact, he came to see you in late 2008. And then they jump on you and they send you to jail for misremembering to the FBI. That shouldn't exist. But what they're doing here is actually taking it to the next level. Trump, Trump is actually saying to Barr here, if he's saying anything, he's saying, I shouldn't have to pardon these guys. It's for the department because pardoning actually doesn't correct what's going on here, which is the vile corruption of the system. It's an evil system. 
And Barr needs to clean up the Department of Justice, clean out the Department of Justice, because they're all burrowed in here. People who think this is fine. Now, Roger Stone is supposed to be in jail until he's 86. That's that's what your government wants to do to him. He's got a handicapped wife whom he takes care of. Okay, he's not a threat to anybody, but he's going to get more time than uh, child rapists do, than pedophiles do, because uh, it's it's apparently a priority to this government to to take him to take him now. He's going to, and the other thing about this is, as you see in the Manafort case and other, where the judge ordered him to be put in solitary confinement, solitary confinement for what? The 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 issue here is that they're actively willing these guys to die in prison. They actually want, they'd love to walk into Manafort's cell and find him hanging there. Or if they have to put him back in the general population, they'd love to find him mysteriously cut up somewhere uh, because he got into a rumble with some guy in the showers. I mentioned my friend Conrad Black. They didn't send him to a minimum security jail, by the way. They put him in jail with... Uh, 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 drug warlords and murderers and all the rest of it, because apparently on the ground, I can't remember what it was. Now. He's Canadian and he's also a member of the House of Lords. Uh, and either because you're Canadian I, or because you're a member of the House of Lords, apparently if you're a member of the House of Lords, that isn't eligible for a minimum security thing. When they want to get you, they can get you. And the the best argument, and I appreciate, as I said, Barr needs to clean up this sewer that he's sitting on top of and clean it out. Clean it out. Uh, the best argument for actually, as my friend Tucker Carlson said, pardoning, actually pardoning Roger Stone right now is because they are so anxious that he should die in jail that if you don't get him out of there now he probably will die in jail something mysterious will happen to him and he'll uh, and and he'll and he'll die in jail but this we shouldn't underestimate what it is that they're actually doing now because it's it's uh, it, it it's the, the level of corruption including a corrupt foreman of the jury four person as they, uh, as as the you're supposed to say. Now, I don't like the word four person. I'm tired of this. Uh, foreman is a perfectly good word, whether you're a a uh, a man or a woman. I don't like this uh, corruption of uh, language. Um, the uh, it's like at the uh, CBC in Canada. They started uh, doing all this instead of saying waiter or waitress. They started saying wait person. These are unwieldy words one shouldn't use. Uh, they won't say fisherman, they say fisher. And uh, they changed fireman to firefighter, even when it was a reference to, uh, I think it was the Titanic or some other ocean-going glider. And they're, and they're doing a reference to the people who shovel all the coal into the boiler. They're not firefighters, they're firemen. Uh, but they, we're getting all this corruption of language. Uh, so the four-person here... Um, she mocked the arrest of Roger Stone. She labeled Trump supporters racist. She posed with the ex-DNC chair, Donna Brazil, and yet she's the foreperson of the jury. Now, this judge is presiding over a show trial if she doesn't call in the jury 
uh, and actually talk to them about all this stuff. That that in itself is grounds in a functioning system is grounds for a mistrial. And uh, there was a, we had a drive-by caller who wanted to know whether the the foreman of the jury, the foreperson of the jury, the forewoman of the jury, um, is uh, has actually c- can be punished for this. I don't believe so because the system is supposed to find these things out. We we have this thing now. It's not just like it used to be twelve good men and true, where you just pick twelve people at random and stick them on a jury. We now have these uh, voir dire things and these uh, jury selection things that go on for days. All this stuff, which is supposed to make uh, the system fairer. And actually, if the system doesn't find out that the juror has a bias, in this case, the juror is being invited to try a, a, a Trump associate. And the juror is someone who has gone out, a former Democrat candidate who calls Trump supporters racist and who mocked that paramilitary arrest of Roger Stone. That's grounds for a mistrial in any functioning system. We'll see where it is here. Also, notice something else, too. Just to expand on a point I made earlier. This, this goes beyond politics because it means uh, that there's no point to politics. It means we're all wasting our time getting excited uh, about this or that primary or caucus because if they don't like the result of the election, uh, they stay there and they do what they want. And so we have a we, – we have – I said it's uh, not a land of laws. It's a land of men. You know, everyone knows that American – uh, justice is slower than molasses. I've been in some lousy case in the District of Columbia, which is the choked, fetid, septic tank of American justice. I've been in that, a nothing little case about a 170-word blog post. Uh, I've been in that case now since 2012. What year are we today? 2020. It's about to enter its ninth year, that stupid case, in that dirty, stinking, fetid, septic tank of a, uh, of a justice system uh, called uh, the District of Columbia. What we have, that's how American justice works, slower than molasses. Uh, and, and we have that now. Oh, you know, uh, Durham, the, uh, we waited months and months and months for the uh, Inspector General's report, and then it was a big, flat, damp squib of a nothing. Oh, we were, he needs, he's got to uh, uh, dot every I and cross every T. It could be month, 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 and it's a big nothing. Now we're waiting for the Durham report. Oh, he could. That might be released in the late spring or possibly the summer, possibly early uh, 2021, possibly late 2027, slower than molasses. But when they want to get you, when they want to get Flynn, when they want to get Stone, when they want to get Papadopoulos, when they want to get Manafort, Wow, they just come right at you. You're broken three months' time and on the floor groveling for whatever plea bargain you can. It stinks. It's a disgrace. Every American should be ashamed of this thing. And it's not enough. Trump should pardon this guy because they want to kill him in prison. Uh, But uh, aside from that, this whole filthy system needs to be taken down from top to bottom and redesigned as a fair justice system committed to equality before the law. I'm sick of it. As I said to Conrad Black, get in my truck. 
uh, get in the flatbed, I'll fur tarp over you and drive you across the border to Canada. I can't drive every, I can't get everyone in there. It's not like how many clowns you can get in the clown car. It's not like how many people you can get in a telephone booth. I can only get a couple of people in the flatbed of my truck, but it's a filthy system that needs overhaul from top to bottom. Mark Stein for Rush, your call's straight ahead. Mark Stein for Rush Limbaugh on America's number one radio show. You know, I mentioned at the start of the show, we get all excited. We thought, oh, you know, uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar really surged in, in uh, New Hampshire. And we're all excited about that. And how does that impact the race and everything? And it might well be that uh, Amy Klobuchar's surge in New Hampshire in the scheme of things doesn't matter because we're all going to die from the coronavirus. <laughs> and Kim Jong-un actually executed one of his officials yesterday because the guy had tested positive for the coronavirus and then went to the local community swimming pool. Um, and so that's some serious uh, quarantine they've got in Pyongyang in that he's, he's now pushing up daisies. If they have daisies in North Korea, and I'm not sure they do. Anyway, Nick is in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Uh, Nick, what's, uh, what's on your mind today, uh, Nick? Well, uh, to uh, further your current discussion, uh, unlike global warming, which has not threatened anybody's life at this time, how come the people, the Democratic Party, who seems to be the champion of the people, isn't front and center on this issue? I'd like to hear your opinion. Yeah, that's actually that's actually very interesting. The, 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 the reason why they care more about global warming than the coronavirus is the coronavirus is uh, going to kill us all in the next couple of weeks, uh, whereas global warming isn't going to kill anybody uh, maybe for 200 years. I mean, the, the, this talk about even if you believe everything they uh, say about sea levels in the Maldives, uh, the, the Maldives isn't going to be underwater and, until the year 2300 or whatever, and as that population is almost entirely Sunni Muslim, they can move them all to the south of France, and they'll fit right in in the Greater Marseille area, and no one will will notice it. But that's actually how that's actually Bloomberg. Bloomberg is running as a technocrat who solves problems. He he actually he actually doesn't solve problems. He solves problems that will occur at. Uh, midway through this millennium that's why he's obsessed with climate change um f- so he couldn't for uh, example uh, he's concerned about sea levels in the maldives he couldn't actually keep water out of the new york city subway during what was that one superstorm sandy uh, because he he actually embodies the dysfunction of big government. Big government can't do anything big. If you want to keep water out, and apparently he's not bothered about it. He thinks New Yorkers, if you if you happen to have Superstorm Sandy, and it means you've got to swim through the turnstile that moment, that's just tough. You just have to adjust to it. In in fact, uh, most places I had this. I actually testified to this in Congress before that guy. What was the name of the the senator? In uh, in Florida, Bill, uh, who got uh, he got defeated the last time round uh, and managed to lose uh, to the Republican. Uh, anyway, he was uh, he like had this fixed smile on his face, like uh, rather weird, as if he'd uh, uh, been had uh, had a facelift that had tightened him up a bit too much. But at any rate, that guy he's going on to me about water in in the streets of Miami Beach, and I said to him, build a flood barrier. 
The Dutch coast, that's low-lying. It's got a flood barrier. Uh, the River Thames, that's got a flood bar- barrier. St. Petersburg in Russia has a flood barrier. But if you actually were to try and build a flood barrier, they couldn't do it. Uh, there'd be like years and years and years of inquiries and all the rest of it. And then when you built it, it wouldn't work. I've just got some story here that in Virginia on the subway, they can't actually put in bike racks. They take five years to put in bike racks. Big, the big government that can't actually do anything big is completely uh, impotent government. All it can do big is bureaucracy and regulation. So if you don't want water in the uh, in the in the subway at Superstorm Sandy, why not why not build a flood barrier? He couldn't do that. Nanny Bloomberg couldn't do that. He can uh, he can regulate the uh, salt out of your hamburger, but he can't actually regulate the water out of the New York City subway. The coronavirus. Just to come back to where we started, uh, I saw somebody today saying. There's going to be some kind. 250 people died in China yesterday of this thing. It's in about 15, I think it's in 26 countries, getting up to near 15% of the number of countries on Earth, which is pretty good. Because apparently before they quarantined Wuhan, uh, some 5 million people got out of the city and got on planes and went all over the world. Uh, And so at at some point... And they're now having it spread not just by people who've been in China, but by people who were infected because they met someone who was in China. And we've got a situation where we're supposed to believe not just the Chinese government, but the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization, when it was SARS 15 years ago, were also, oddly enough, the World Health Organization is also uh, has high-ranking people from the world's failed states and dictatorships and all the rest of it uh, on the boards of the World Health Organization, and they're not terribly reliable too. So we've got a situation. We've got a situation here where we maybe you know we get all excited about Amy Klobuchar uh, that she's up a couple of points uh, now because she had a good night in New Hampshire, and it may be that in this great scheme of the great pageant of human history, Amy Klobuchar doesn't really matter, and uh, every instead uh, entire civilizations are going to collapse, because I'm just putting that out there. Uh, we may leave that till a question on Open Line Friday, the entire collapse of global civilization. Just a small topic. We'll do 10 minutes on it tomorrow. 1-800-282-2882. Mark Stein, in for Rush on America's number one radio show. Mark Stein in for Rush uh, just been sent a uh, rather too graphic video of uh, Nancy Pelosi's district in San Francisco and somebody defecating on the street. I know if I wanted to see that, I could move to Nancy Pelosi's district and see that on the walk to work every day. Joe Biden has said, I'll be damned if I'm going to lose this nomination. In that case, you are damned, pal. Yes, America's anchorman is away, as he said yesterday, he's got a little bit, is right, when uh, listeners were offering him free lungs, uh, he explained they'd be out to have his old lungs uh, taken care of, uh, and that's the reason for his absence. He's going to be, he's going to be back Monday. Uh, I, I w- went down, I'm usually in far northern New Hampshire, as you know, at Ice Station EIB, and I drove three hours. It always astonishes me. I have no idea how far south 
uh, the the state goes. I've been driving for hours and hours, thought I'd cross the Mason-Dixon line. Turns out I'm still in New Hampshire. And I was there uh, in Concord and Manchester for the big primary night. And so I run into people I don't uh, see uh, all the time, like uh, uh, Sean Hannity and, and these kind of uh, chaps. And the one thing, the only real thing that any of the big shot celebs <laughs> wanted to ask me about was uh, was Rush and his health and how he's doing. And as you know, Rush has uh, said on air that everything – he said on air yesterday, it was very moving. Everything that has happened to him has been a, a blessing. He treasures – you don't have to be one of these big shot celebs to get his attention. He treasures all the good wishes he's got from every one of you because the reason he's Rush Limbaugh is because there are millions and millions of you out there every day who want to listen to him. And people still keep saying to me, how do I send him a message? Uh, if you go to RushLimbo.com, I think it's the third button across. Uh, you click that. You can send a note to Rush. And I know a lot of people have uh, taken the trouble to design little special cards or take a photograph of them holding something saying, get well, Rush, or whatever. And he loves seeing those two. You can actually – it's a rather sophisticated form. Uh, because you can actually upload a photograph. Uh, you can scan in if you've done a little uh, get well card or whatever. You can scan that in and send it with your message. You just go to RushLimbo.com, and I believe it's the third button from the left at the top. Before it says uh, the Rush Limbo show in big writing, before the big mask said it just runs over the top of it. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> there is a Democrat primary going on. And... Uh, Again, as Rush was saying, the, que the question here is who's going to do the least damage to their brand? Because that one does ne one never wants to get too cocky too early. But so far, this Democrat primary season is going really badly for them. The reason why there were over 100,000 people who turned up in an uncompetitive primary to vote for Donald J. Trump in New Hampshire on Tuesday was because that base had been motivated by impeachment. Impeachment didn't really do anything. Uh, turnout was blah in Iowa. It didn't really do anything for the Democrats' base, but it managed to, as all this talk now about impeaching William Barr, all this does is actually motivate Trump's base. Because people are beginning to get the idea that, in fact, you can impeach Trump, you can impeach Bill Barr, uh, you can uh, kill Roger Stone in prison, dig up his corpse and impeach the corpse of Roger Stone. And in the end, they're actually impeaching the 60 uh, million Americans who decided to vote for Donald Trump in 2016. So it isn't going to get them. It isn't going to get them anywhere. So the Democrats suffered because impeachment backfired on them. It did nothing for their did nothing for their base. And the base reached the right conclusion on that. If you think politics is like a pri and I would I would say just to put this out not that anybody's particularly interested about this, but you should always tell understand the difference between what are sort of beltway issues and what resonate with the wider public. And the fact is that that uh, right now the the people are voting in 
party elections that are supposed to determine the identity of the person who will run against Donald Trump. And so for Democrats, that's their, for actual Democrat voters, that's their priority. What are you going to give me so I favor you in the primary and you're the guy who goes on to defeat Donald Trump? Because these these uh, voters are a bit out of the loop. They don't understand uh, the deep state machinations and all the rest of it that have rendered elections irrelevant. They're f- still thinking quaintly that the voice of the people, even when it's the voice of left-wing Democrat people, is something that's worth hearing. And every time they switch on the TV, uh, CNN and MSNBC and all the rest of them were going bananas in the last 24 hours. They're all talking about impeaching Bill Barr. Now, you're some broken down loser uh, living in the middle of nowhere. And you're thinking the Democrats, boy, look at all the talent they've got in the primary. Some of them must be offering some really great things for me that will make me want to go and vote for them. And every time you switch switch on the television, they're talking about uh, lieutenant, 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 Colonel Vinman. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares. This is true everywhere. This is true everywhere. I don't know how many of you know a fellow called Leo Varadka. He's a uh, he's he's the gay T-shock of Ireland. T-shock is Gaelic for prime minister, and he he is he just got clobbered uh, in the Irish election over the weekend. He came in third place because he'd given his way. He'd given into the equivalent of a Beltway issue. He'd he'd spent the last three years basically picking fights with Theresa May over Brexit because. Uh, Ireland, or at any rate, the part of Ireland that isn't Northern Ireland, uh, is leaving, is staying in the EU, while the United Kingdom, including Northern Ireland, is uh, is uh, leaving the EU. And so well, everyone in the media and uh, in the Irish Times and the Irish media and the European media and the Brussels media all congratulating him on sticking it to Theresa May and sticking it to Boris Johnson over Brexit. And it turned out the electorate didn't care because they're all they've got housing problems and they've got debt problems and all the rest of it. And they went and voted on their domestic issues for the even more left wing party, basically the Sinn Féin, who are the frontmen for the IRA and are basically revolutionary Marxists. Uh, so if, if we're stretching this analogy, that's the Bernie. That, that would be the Bernie Sanders thing. If you're talking about beltway issues, nobody who doesn't focus on politics obsessively cares about it one jot or tittle. And you're wasting wasting your time. And, and in that sense, it, it's it's fascinating to me. They're all in a panic now about how to stop Bernie. They've decided they need someone to stop Bernie. Who's going to have the the guts? Because it takes guts to stop Bernie. Who's going to have the guts? They were all on stage few just a few days ago in the big debate before the New Hampshire primary, and they're asked, "Who's who has a problem?" with a socialist as a candidate. And all these people that they've booked to stop Bernie, supposedly Biden's the guy to stop Bernie, supposedly Mayor Pete, he's so moderate, 
He's absolutely so totally moderate. He's so moderate, he's boring as hell. He never says anything interesting, anything that isn't focus group, anything. He's the most boring guy I've ever. He's so, so boring. That was one reason why I got into uh, trouble a couple of weeks ago for querying whether he was even. I, I've never met a, a gay that that's that that's that is that boring. Normally they're leading exciting lives. So boring. And uh, then so they, they, there's Mayor Pete. There's all these moderate candidates, and they're asked who there's. I believe there's eight on stage, and so they're asked who's got a problem with the socialists. Uh, as the Democrat nominee, and Amy Klobuchar just tentatively lifting up her hand like she's a little, you know, second grader at the back of the class, not sure whether sticking her hand up is the right answer, and if she sticks her hand up, it might upset teacher. How can you be looking on to someone to take down Bernie? But the problem with Bernie is he's a socialist, and all the people you're looking to to take down Bernie won't actually take a stand against the social uh, against socialists. So now they've got they're, now they're running Bloomberg. Do you think Bloomberg's got that kind of courage? He's actually in the worst situation. Now. He's got into all this trouble over stop and frisk because he was talking like the big guy. He was like the big guy talking about how we we just send all the cops into the minority neighborhoods. You don't need them in the white neighborhoods. Uh, says Bloomy, because we're stopping too many white people. Instead, we need to stop more black people. So we just send all the cops into the minority neighborhoods. What is the only language these punks understand? It's when you throw them up against a wall, you, you take some punk minority teen and throw them up against the wall. Uh, so he sounds like, oh, uh, yeah, the big guy. He knows the reality of what's going down. Uh, aside from the fact that it's a little flip to be talking about it in those terms, and now he's being damned as racist, he's already backed down from the policy. The actual policy, stop and frisk, saved a lot of lives in New York. But he already backed down from that and groveled. And because he backed down and groveled, they smelled weakness, his critics, so they dug up all... And he's got all kinds of things you can dig up on him. I mean, he can't back down over... There's going to be a lot of things he's back down, backing down against. So he's now in the worst of all worlds. He's already forsworn the policy and the generally beneficial results to the New York crime rate. But he's been damned as a racist because he talks about throwing minority teenagers up against the wall because that's the only language these punks understand. Now... <laughs> So he's in. So, so you look into this guy who's already backed down, groveled, apologized. You think this guy's going to take a principled stand? You think he's going to take it to Bernie? He's going to be able to be Mister Tough Guy, Mister Principled, the guy who backs down. He's he's no more competent uh, than Biden. You know, when you look at Biden with his uh, the way he, he puts down voters, you know what, you, what I see there? I see the same sense of entitlement that you see in Crackpipe Hunter, because Crackpipe Hunter, Crackpipe Hunter uh, thinks he should be getting millions of dollars from Ukraine just because he's the son of a vice president. Uh, the brother thinks he should be making millions just because he's the brother of the vice president. It's the same, same kind of entitlement, tone deaf with the voters. Who's going to fix that? You think, you think Bloomberg's going to do it? He thought he was in Gainesville. He was in, in Greensville, uh, 
North Carolina. Oh, is it South Carolina? What do I know? What does he know? Greensville, South Carolina. He said he thought he was in a place called Gainesville. You know why? Because he goes to Bermuda every weekend. He's never been there until he decided he wanted to run for president. I've got an excuse. I'm foreign. It's all mysterious to me. He goes, he gets on his plane every Friday afternoon and he flies to Bermuda, which is, happens to be British sovereign territory. Is that the kind of guy you want? What was the revolution for if you, uh, you were picking a guy who spends uh, three days a week on British soil? What kind of, uh, what was 1776 about if you're going to put up with a guy like that? Mark Stein in for Rush. We will take your calls straight ahead. Let us go to, oh, breaking news, I should tell you this if you're interested. The uh, United States Senate has voted to rein in President Trump's ability to take military action against Iran, uh, requiring any U.S. troops to be withdrawn from Iran within 30 days unless he gets congressional approval. I didn't know he was planning on sending any U.S. troops into Iran. Um, But eight uh, Republican senators voted for that uh, resolution with the 47 Democrats, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Susan Collins, Todd Young, Jerry Moran, Lamar Alexander, Bill Cassidy, and Lisa Murkowski. Uh, I would have appreciated, uh, actually, if they'd uh, vote to withdraw troops from Afghanistan within 30 days. Instead, they're just still running around there, holed up in their crusader forts, getting shot at, uh, by the guys they've spent almost two decades training. Let us go to Ken in Beverly Hill, Michigan. Is that right, Ken? It's a singular Beverly Hill, not not plural, yeah. as in uh, as in California. Yeah. Uh, yes, you got it. Oh, that's um, good. Is it as is it as fancy as the plural Beverly Hills in California? No, no, it's not. And boy, I'm happy it's not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> Right. Yes, exactly. You, you, you don't want Joachim Phoenix moving in next door or anything like that? No, absolutely not. No, I, <laughs> I can do without Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Um, Mark, good to talk to you and prayers for Rush. You know, I wanted to touch on something that you and Rush have been talking about earlier today, too. And that has to do, in my view, with Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI. And if my memory serves me right, I know... He was there when they raided uh, Stone. Right. But I also think he was there when they did the same, basically, not quite as dramatic, but did the same thing to Paul Manafort. Right. And I'm, I'm perplexed why, when they had him many times, but last week in particular, why they didn't ask him about that, because it goes to the heart of what you and Rush have been saying. Yeah. Somebody, it isn't just the top three, five, ten people at the FBI. Nobody complains. Nobody stopped them. And they had to go, that is Mueller, had to go to Ray to get permission and get all of the troops. In other words, you can't just say, we need 50 FBI guys, all the helicopters, boats, guns. you got to get permission and, and approval. And in my opinion, somebody snookered possibly trump by getting this guy in there if anybody ought to be taken out it's ray he should be gone you make an excellent point there ken because the boy these things were done at the behest of robert Mueller and his investigation and as you point out Mueller doesn't actually have an army he's he's got to find somebody else who's willing to lend him an army for the day 
And in this exactly. case, and in this case, uh, the guy was uh, Director Ray at the FBI. And the, and what this whole thing has happened, the reason the FBI has become such a sewer is because traditionally you have these field offices and like Special Agent Jenny that I went to see at one of these field offices and the field offices get interested in a case and think this is the biggest thing since Al Capone and they're all excited about it and the purpose of head office is actually to tamp that down and to take a cooler look and say, well, maybe there's something here and maybe there isn't. Uh, it's the, the the basic fault of the FBI is the guys at the very top of the pyramid, the guys who can actually call up the 50-man uh, uh, team that they actually send in to Roger Stone or Paul Manafort. It's like the very people at the top of the pyramid, the guys who are meant to do the reining in and have the cooler heads against the guys working the case, they're the craziest people in the joint and as you say, that hasn't changed in the transition from Comey to Raken. And I know just last week, Trump tweeted regarding a document, and I think you know he had to. It wasn't about the sentencing uh, and all of that, but it was something that he. Oh, it might have been the IG report. And Ray comes up with this completely cockamamie view of what was said in there, yeah. and 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 Trump says. You must have read something different than I read. Right. But it goes again, again it goes to the heart of the matter, which is they nobody's gonna clean this thing up unless they get rid of people like him. And as much as I like William Byron, I know he's got too much on his plate, uh, he needs to start you know, he needs to step on these people and get them out and go yeah. to Trump and say, We're we need to fire this guy. Yeah, I, I would love to see, actually, thank, thank, you, thank you for the call, Ken, we, we, we got to run. I would actually like to see a team that they sent to get Roger Stone and his handicapped wife. I would like to see a team of that scale knock on some of these guys' offices and take them out the building. Yes, it's terrific uh, to be with you, a great, uh, great honour. I, I often say that, uh, but it actually is kind of uh, humbling for me. Uh, this is one of the jobs Americans will do. You certainly don't need a foreigner to be the guest host on the Rush Limbaugh show. There's uh, thousands and tens of thousands of broadcasters and millions of would-be broadcasters who'd love to do that. And as you know, I basically got off the boat at Ellis Island just uh, a couple of weeks back. It's a, it's, uh, I've, I've done radio and television in lots of uh, different countries over the years. And for well-known organizations, uh, I was at the BBC. I used to do stuff for them. And uh, you, you, you think, oh, great, this is um, – I might be – have a shot at making it and whatever. And they don't, they don't ask you. They don't – when a, a slot comes up, they don't offer it to you or whatever. I can't tell you how stunned I was – the first time Mr. Snurdly called me many years ago now and asked if I would be the guest host at uh, on on this show. And it's, it's a thrill and it's an honor, uh, especially uh, for a sinister foreign guest host to come, to come here. And as you can probably imagine, if Rush doesn't like you, you don't get to guest host. You can be off the roster. You might have noticed, indeed, over the decades that certain guest hosts have come and gone. It's not because it's not he's uh, uh, obsessive or insecure or whatever, but there's if they let any old riffraff just in here behind the microphone, it might damage the brand. And I, I said, uh, 
last week uh, to Tucker Carlson on air that I owe Rush everything in America, and I do. And insofar as I have any kind of profile in the United States, and it certainly wasn't anything I was seeking at the time Mr. Snurdly called me up, uh, I owe that entirely to Rush. He has done that not just for me. Sean Hannity, I mentioned I'd run into Sean uh, the other day. Sean Hannity was talking to me about the days when uh, Rush used to get Sean to guest host. Uh, an entire this entire format, this entire industry, all comes from him. And if you want to send him your good wishes, as I said, all you got to do is go to rushlimbaugh dot com, and uh, you can send a note to Rush. Just go to the menu bar right at the top, and it's the third button along. I mentioned I mentioned the uh, the coronavirus. There's, we are in a slightly weird situation. Today, uh, it's gone up. The number of people with it in China has apparently gone up from 45,000 to 60,000 in the last 24 hours. And people are saying, oh, that that uh, that the Chinese have changed the method by which they tabulate these things. Uh, And that's a polite way of saying they've changed the lie they're telling. Uh, There's something every as you know, everything comes out of China. Because China exists with one foot in two worlds. On, on the one level, when you get to the coastal boutique cities like Shanghai, it's a glittering first world metropolis that has all the most fashionable boutiques and has world class hospitals and all the rest of it. And it has planes that take off every minute of the day and fly all over the the planet to JFK and to Heathrow and to Charles de Gaulle and all the world's biggest airports. And that's, as I said, the coastal boutique cities glittering uh, with the face as the face of new the new China, the economic superpower. This is the world that the bipartisan consensus has Delivered. They somehow, I don't know whether they held a meeting, but until Trump came along, uh, Democrats and Republicans were all agreed that it's somehow in the developed world's interest that every single thing in your house should be made in China. But on the other hand, then there's this vast China that is behind the coast, uh, the great hinterlands of China, where Chinese life is not so very different from the way it was in the heyday of of Chairman Mao, they're base, it's basically a an impoverished society where people eat some very unusual things, where people sleep with livestock in the house, uh, they sleep with the pig in the living room because it's the most valuable item the family owns, and that's why SARS and all these other odd things start in China. They start up country in China, and then the person up country who's sleeping with the pig in the living room decides to go to Shanghai to visit his cousin who happens to work for uh, the rich guy connected to the Politburo who owns one of these companies that sells uh, things to the United States uh, and to the European Union. And then that guy uh, who sells things to the United States and the European Union, he gets on a plane in Shanghai because he has to make a business trip to New York uh, or to Berlin. And suddenly, whatever it is that he's picked up uh, from the cousin of the guy who sleeps with the pig in the living room, he's passing it on to somebody in Germany or the United States. So, So the problem here for China is, and the problem for the world, for the world is that uh, essentially the guys running the 
control of this new virus are liars. They're communist, totalitarian, dictatorial liars. Why do they lie? Well, they have to lie because they, they're the manufacturers for the planet now. They make everything you buy in Walmart. They make everything, you, you upturn every item in your house and tell me how many items don't have the sticker made in China on them. And so obviously they're worried as they're trying to quarantine Wuhan and all the rest of it, that at some point the world will start to think about quarantining China. They've they've already done that. That's why they're detaining people who, uh, plane loads of people in the United States, for example, who will come back from China, who have contact with China. What happens if they decide, they've now got, uh, the theory is that this is actually spread through the pipes because they're, they're looking at apartment blocks where uh, the person directly above uh, the person below, they both, they're, they're the people in the building who've come down with, the, with coronavirus, so they're thinking it's going up through the water pipes. What what China doesn't want, China doesn't can handle a temporary restriction on uh, travel of people. But if China uh, is put in the situation where products, where actual products of China uh, are not accepted around the world, because basically China is the manufacturing plant for the entire Western world now. It's got a huge problem. So it's got an incentive to lie, a serious incentive. There are some shocking photographs in uh, The Sun, Mr. Murdoch's big tabloid that I happened to see earlier. They, they, they noticed the satellite pictures picked up very high levels of sulfur dioxide. That's SO2 uh, coming off the ground in the city of Wuhan. And what do they think that is? They think that's China burning corpses. How many corpses do you have to burn before it's detectable by satellite photographs? Uh, This news report suggests that it has to be thousands and thousands. And the theory is that China is actually burning corpses of people who... uh, died of the virus but hadn't reported it so they can keep the reporting numbers down this is a very uh, this is a very bizarre situation we're going to have more of it we we dodged a bullet with sars sars the world health organization uh told almost as many lies about this as the chinese politburo did as the chinese government did uh, we dodged a bullet with sars we might dodge a bullet with the coronavirus. But one of these days, we're not going to dodge the bullet. Uh, The the other thing they're doing is they're they're attacking dogs and cats. They're worried that dogs and cats will carry this coronavirus and infect them. So people are in the streets slaughtering dogs and cats in Chinese cities over, uh, over this disease. When you have a... When you have a and and again we take it as read that dictatorships lie to you. When the dictatorship that's lying to you is on course to become the world's dominant economic power, the lies it tells you uh, are of a completely different scale than if it's just another one-man psycho state 
like uh, like North Korea or whatever it is. So in other words, we're being told a whole different scale of lies because China's China's uh, priority here is to actually maintain its big ec- uh, economic uh, dominance. And what's what we're what we're seeing here? Uh, the slaughter of dogs and cats, domestic animals in the street, the high levels of sulfur dioxide that that it's actually discernible from satellite photographs because thousands of corpses are being given, uh, are being burned. Uh, this tells you two things. China's lies are getting more audacious and two, that we are nowhere near controlling the spread of this disease. Mark Stein in for Rush. We will take your calls straight ahead. Mark Stein for Rush. I mentioned that drive-by caller who had a quickie question, wanted to know whether the lead, uh, the the jury four person, jury four woman, Tamika Hart, could actually be punished for not disclosing that she'd cheered Roger Stone's arrest and uh, was tweeting up a storm about uh, Trump being a racist, Trump supporters being racist and all the rest of it. Uh, and I said I didn't think she could because that's on the whole voir dire, uh, jury selection process, all that kind of thing. Uh, there is one exception to that, uh, which is that Tamika Hart uh, was at one time a lawyer herself, an attorney herself. And if I don't know whether she still has her law license, but in a uh, functioning jurisdiction, which I don't regard the federal justice system as, but in a functioning jurisdiction... A lawyer has a duty of candor to the tribunal, and uh, that would certainly be problematic uh, for a lawyer in in uh, terms of the general ethics council of uh, ethics guidelines of a bar council or a law society. So, as I said, it would be a very serious thing for someone hoping to practice as a lawyer uh, if uh, she had failed. As, base, uh, as basic an understanding of the right to due process and the right to a fair trial. You can't have a fair trial when one of the jurors is someone who was cheering on your arrest. It's absolutely dis- – we shouldn't even be talking about this, actually. That judge should be hopping mad. Uh, but she's a politically activist uh, judge herself, so who knows? But it, suddenly, if this was a functioning jurisdiction, such as uh, the Solomon Islands – <laughs> then uh, uh, Tamika Hart would be in serious danger of losing the law license. Let's go to Robert in Vernon, Connecticut. Robert, you're live on America's number one radio show, The Rush Limbaugh Show. Great to have you with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Mark. It's always good to hear your voice when you know, when uh, Rush is away. My my pleasure, Robert. What's what's on your mind today? Well, I just wanted to bring up a little bit about the silent majority um, and uh, some silent Trumpers. Uh, I'm a <laughs> physical therapist in Connecticut, big right. blue state. And, um, you know, throughout this whole impeachment process, I haven't heard a single word about the impeachment. I haven't heard a single word praising the Democrats. Um, I talk to, on average, 25 people a day. Right. Um in in a very blue area, yeah. and no one is saying anything, so, except every once in a while, they'll take me aside and be like, you know, it's not so bad with Trump in the office. <laughs> yeah, I think... You know, I, and I love that preface. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I said, I'm 35 years old. I have, uh, I have many friends who are exceptionally liberal. They, right. they can't stand me sometimes, but 
you know, even they're coming out and saying to me after a couple of drinks, you know, it's not so bad under Trump. I, I don't know. But I'm still voting for Bernie if he gets it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you, you see 25 people a day. You're a physical therapist. Most of those 25 mm-hmm. people are conventional Connecticut liberals. And you hear, you hear nothing saying, oh, I was really excited today. Thank goodness Joe Biden is defending uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. You never hear that. Oh, no, they laugh at Biden. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 so you never hear anything about that saying, oh, I'm, uh, I'm really worried about Ukraine. Uh, I think what Trump did was disgraceful. Ukraine's the number one issue in this election. But instead, every so often, one of these liberals will take your side and just say sotto voce that uh, they don't think this Trump guy is really so bad. That's very interesting, Robert. It, it, it's, a, it's a crazy thing that I'm actually enjoying more and more because at work I'm able to talk a little bit more about uh, some of this stuff without just the, the emotional, visceral hatred that's coming at me. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled by that, Robert. So you're saying that Trump, the impeach, all impeachment has done has made it safe uh, for whatever it is, the nine Republicans left in your corner of, the, of Connecticut uh, to raise the subject of politics without being beaten down by liberals. It's uh, that's a fantastic thing. That's an, actually an interesting demographic survey, Robert. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for that. And be interested to know if it's duplicated around other blue states. Uh, that, that was Robert there in Vernon, Connecticut. 25 people a day. Nobody's talking about Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Nobody wants to stand up for Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, as Joe Biden urged them to. But every so often he hears someone say, you know, things really aren't so bad under Trump. Things are afoot here. Dynamite down the pants. The Yosemite Sam Democrats are just making things worse for themselves. We'll close it out in just a moment. Mark Stein for us. I'm going to be on the telly tonight uh, competing against Lou Dobbs in Tucker Carlson's quiz. Uh, Lou has been in training all week for that, so he may well clean my clock. I may wind up being the pitiful Joe Biden to Lou Dobbs's uh, Amy Klobuchar. It might not be pretty to watch, but that's that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, thank you not only to Mr. Snurdly. Uh, but also to Mike and to Keith and to Ali and to everyone here at the Excellence in Broadcasting Network. It is the best team in radio, no question. Now, you know what tomorrow is. Tomorrow you've got the Sinister Foreign Guest Host, but there's an advantage. You can ask me anything you like because it's Open Line Friday. So I want lots of questions on uh, ballet, uh, cricket, any uh, recommendations I might have for interesting window treatments. We're going to do all that tomorrow. Your questions, your concerns, Open Line Friday. Rush will be back on Monday. Don't miss him. (laughs) 